You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. Take your Bible with me this morning. I'm going to start out in Matthew chapter 12. Several passages of scripture. A couple weeks ago, someone said to me as I was greeting folks on the way out the door, they said, Pastor, the best messages you preach are when you get angry. (laughs) Well, if that's true, this is going to be a good one today. I'm going to preach on the subject today, what is all the drama about? Have you ever heard a message about that? Uh, Me either. But you will today. What is all the drama about? Say, Pastor, why why would you preach on that subject? Because there's a lot of drama that goes on in the world. There's a lot of drama that goes on in families. And there's a lot of drama that goes on in the workplace. And there's a lot of drama that goes on, yes, even in church. Drama, drama, drama. And I think what really it was that prompted me to uh, speak on this was, uh, again, a couple of weeks ago, I was walking in the hallway and uh, a person came toward me and they were just... And I said, hi, how are you? (laughs) And that person is one of those drama queens. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to preach on drama. So for all you drama kings and all you drama queens out there today, this message is for you. Now, I'm not sure that it's going to make any difference. I'll tell you that right up front. But I hope the Lord will use it to really speak deeply into your hearts and realize that if you are one of these drama kings or these drama queens, the reason that you're that way is because you're so focused on yourself. You are the center of attention and that attention that you want to bring to yourself you do it by means of causing conflict and misunderstanding and division between individuals and even families get caught up in this drama thing it's not a good thing at all as i stopped and thought about the the drama king and the drama queen syndrome, I thought, you know who had that in the Bible was the Pharisees. My goodness, you talk about drama kings. These were drama kings. So here in Matthew chapter 12, notice what it says in verse 1 and 2. It says, at that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were what? Hungry. They were hungry. They were hungry. You ever get hungry after church? Been to church and now they're hungry and they're walking through a cornfield and they pick a few ears of corn and they eat the corn. And who was there observing their every move? 
the fair. You know what I think about Jesus? I think Jesus would do things like this. Hey, guys, look who's watching. It's the Pharisees. Pick some corn. Or look, there they are. I'm going to heal someone. Watch their reaction to that. But they picked some corn, eat the corn. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful upon the Sabbath day. Picking corn? You can't work on the Sabbath day. Just creating all kinds of drama. Jesus reminds them about David and how, how when David was hungry and his men were hungry on the Sabbath day, they went into the temple and they even ate the showbread. Naughty, naughty David. And then he talks about how the priest. What do the priests do on the Sabbath day? They do their work. They do their ministry. They profane the Sabbath on the Sabbath day. And then he says this. I want you Pharisees to understand something, you drama kings. I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Well, he put them in their place. Now let's go over to another one. Go to the book of Mark, chapter 7. All kinds of drama simply about eating a ear of corn. By the way, I thought it might be a good idea to give me a few minutes and go out and pick all the drama kings and drama queens in the congregation here today and have them come to the front. But Because the truth is, you know if you're one of those kind of people and everyone else knows who you are but most of them didn't even show up today I don't know who told them that I was going to preach on I, I, I kept this thing secret but uh, it's just like the devil to read my notes there in my office and keep those who really need this message out of the church here in uh, Mark chapter 7 it says then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, the lawyers of that time, which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashed hands, they what? Flipped out. Drama. Here it comes again. Can't believe it. They're, can you... They're eating food and they didn't wash their hands. Sounds like some of you moms. <laughs> you antibacterial moms. Wash your hands. They said, your disciples are, they're, they're breaking the commandment of the elders. And these long traditions that we have, don't you realize, the Jews always wash their hands, and they wash their pots, and they wash their pans. I wish I had some of them in my house, by the way. How many have those stacks of pots and pans in their sink that no one wants to wash? Give me. Boy, they wanted to make sure that their hands were washed and the pots and pans that they cooked in were clean. But you know what they weren't concerned about was their heart. And they were just, seriously, they're just creating drama. Jesus said, verse 6, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, we're going to come back to that word hypocrite 
here in just a moment. That's an interesting word. You hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their what? Heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching the doctrines and commandments of men. That's nowhere in the Bible that you have to wash your hands before you eat. Yesterday we went to an open house and uh, I didn't wash my hands before I ate. I know, Debbie, hang on, it's okay. But I thought if anyone in the church, Debbie Bussing would have had something there for us to wash our hands before we ate. You had hand sanitizer on the table. All right. There's nowhere in the Bible. And that, they, seriously, they were causing so much drama over this fact that Jesus' disciples weren't washing their hands. Go over to Matthew chapter 15. This is another account of the same situation. Matthew chapter 15, verse 16. You see what Jesus was always doing was shutting drama down. Jesus did not get caught up in drama. And Jesus said, look to his disciples, this is about eating with unwashed hands. Are you also without understanding? Do ye not understand that whatsoever entereth into the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out in the draught? And those things which proceedeth out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemy. These are the things which defile a man, underlined in my Bible. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Disciples, don't get caught up in this pharisaical drama game. Drama. What is it? Well, I looked up in Webster's dictionary, and Noah Webster says this, drama is a play for theater. Very interesting. It is a play for theater. Those involved in drama are actors on a stage. Actors on a stage. This past week, we saw many in the Democratic Party being drama queens and kings. They didn't get their bill passed that would regulate uh, the Second Amendment. And so they threw a little temper tantrum. And they said, we're going to have a sit-in. And we're going to sit here and we're going to protest and we're going to shame the Republicans for not passing gun legislation. And, uh, you know, I thought if I was close to Washington, I would have taken a bunch of pacifiers and a, and a box of pampers. And I would have passed it out to every one of them. They were just acting like children. You know, what, you know what the Democratic Party was trying to do? Create drama. Because they didn't get their way. 
Remember one congresswoman, I don't know who she was, but she stood up and she said, you know, we, we need to make these machine guns illegal and we need to make them illegal right now. I'm going, machine guns have been illegal since 1930. Oh, my goodness. You know, we hear this word drama used quite frequently now. I'm going to be serious with you. I'm seeing more and more of this drama king and queen stuff being played out today. We never used it when I was a kid growing up. You acted like that, you got slapped down. Maybe, maybe you've said yourself, that person is such a drama queen. Have any of you ever used that expression? Can I see your hand? Okay. I knew there were a lot of them around here. Or how many of you have ever said something like this? I am so sick of the drama. Drama. Someone who is over the top. An actor or a reactor. That's a drama. Remember what Jesus said to the Pharisees? You hypocrites. Oh, they're, they're, they're eating corn. Oh, they didn't wash their hands. Jesus said, You hypocrites. Now, usually when we think of the word hypocrite, what do we think of? Come on, talk to me. What do we think of? What? Okay, somebody that says one thing but does just the opposite. What else? Two-faced. Someone who's two-faced, all right? How about someone that doesn't practice what they preach? Or someone who is quick to point out sins in other people's lives, but they don't see the sin in their own life. That's all the concept that, that we have of hypocrite. But I think it's very fascinating that the Bible in the New Testament was written in the Greek language, and the word hypocrite in the Greek language means an actor on a stage. What does drama mean? An actor on a stage. So there's a correlation between drama and between the hypocrite. And so when Jesus called these Pharisees hypocrites, what he's saying is they're drama kings. They're actors on a stage. And that's exactly what the mind of the gospel writers would have gone to, was to the Greek theater. That was the correlation. So there's clearly a connection between drama and hypocrisy. An actor on a stage. We would definitely all agree that the Pharisees were drama kings. The unwashed hands, the picking and eating of corn on the Sabbath, the Pharisees were prideful, now, you listen to me. This is what's behind someone who's one of these drama kings and queens. 
prideful, critical, judgmental? Why walk not thy disciples according to the traditions of the elders? How about when they would pray in the marketplace? Even when they prayed, they created what? They created drama around their praying. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Creating drama even in their so-called prayer. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I have. How about when Jesus ate with sinners? Oh my. There was some real drama created over that one, right? Why? Why were they doing all this? Why were they creating all this drama? Why? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, they are doing this to be seen of men. For attention. That's right, Grandma. They are doing this to be seen of men. They're doing this for selfish motives. That's why they're acting out the way that they are. But how about this eating with sinners? It said, and it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans, IRS agents, and sinners, all kinds of sinful people, came and sat down with him and his disciples. I'll tell you something, you better love these bus kids. One thing Jesus loves is he loves sinners. Amen. Come on, sit down, let's have a meal together. And when the Pharisees saw it, uh-oh, here comes the drama. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. I mean, are you still with me today? Every single time that Jesus saw drama taking place, he shut it down immediately with his wise words. How about when Jesus let a prostitute touch him? And behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. We know what kind of woman she was. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when... The Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it. They speak within themselves, saying, This man, if he were truly a prophet, 
would have known who and what manner of woman that is that toucheth him for she is a sinner. She's a prostitute. And then came the open rebuke and the criticism of Jesus and all the drama spills out. And Jesus looked at them. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus would not be allowed to preach in most of our pulpits in America today. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, publicans, or, or, or say unto you, Pharisees, that the publicans and harlots will go into the kingdom of God before you. The Pharisees even created drama about the way that they dress and the things that they wore. How many here know what a phylactery is? Okay. Phylactery was a little box, just a small little box that had a portion of the Torah or the law, had leather straps, and they would tie it to their forehead. So they'd always keep the word of God front and center. Well, what the Pharisees did is they made great big ones. Instead of just a small little one, they made a great big one. Not only did they put these great big phylacteries on their forehead, they enlarged the borders of their garments. Now, why did they do all that? Why were they creating all this drama? Why? To be seen of men. The Bible says they, here came the drop, even when they had a fellowship supper. They were fighting over who was going to have the best seats. Can you imagine that? How many of you enjoy fellowship suppers? I do. I love fellowship supper. I love supper. <laughs> it don't have to be a fellow. I just love supper. Well, one of the things, we have a fellowship supper. And I say... Okay, such and such a table goes first. Whoever goes second, third, or fourth always goes, oh. <laughs> but then all the kids, what do all the kids do in that first table that I say, what do all the kids do? They run to the front of the line. That, that was the Pharisees. It's like everything they did had to involve some type of drama. Jesus said they loved the uttermost rooms at the feasts and chief seats in the synagogue. I'm telling you, I could go over and couldn't I? Example after example after example after example. Do you got the point? Notice what Jesus said, church. Listen, what I'm preaching about, this is a serious issue. One that's never talked about, never spoken about. 34 years in the ministry, I never preached on drama. But Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. It's their drama. What does leaven do? It affects the whole lump. You know what? I've seen drama in families where the drama queen... Or the drama king just ought to have had a good slap by mom and dad. 
affect several families in the church. I'm going to be honest with you. My, my parents would not tolerate drama, period. Didn't happen. If I tried to create drama, let me tell you, there would be drama. <laughs> drama is nothing more than drawing attention to yourself. It's a wicked thing. And I wish we had more here today. Very, very low attendance today. I know a lot of families have taken off on vacation. A lot are gone next week. But I wish I had all the young couples here. I want to talk to you young moms and dads here. There ought to be a no drama policy in your house. Now that can't happen if mom's a drama queen. So mom, you better get over this. But you should have a no drama rule in your home, young couples. If you allow this kind of behavior among your children... It's going to affect them when they go to school. It's going to affect them later on in their life when they go to work. It's going to affect their relationships in the church. And God help the man who marries a drama queen. See, what is the whole idea behind Christianity? The Bible said, what has the Lord showed me? but to do good, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with my God. This is what the Lord requires of us. This is what the essence of true Christianity is. To do good, to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, no drama, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife. Let nothing be done through drama or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let the humility take over. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, no drama with Jesus. And he took upon him the form of a servant. It was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him. The essence of the Christian life is to walk humbly with your God. I don't know what was going on in the heart of that person who I met in the hallway the other night. and I was just being kind and being nice and be honest with you, I know this person doesn't like me too much. And the reason they don't like me is because they have a lot of sin issues in their life that I'm always preaching on, so they kind of have an attitude toward their preacher. 
But I hadn't done anything. I was being my normal, sweet self. So I don't know, you know, what set this uh, drama queen off. Maybe it was something that um, her parents said to her. Now you know about what age she was. Or maybe one of her friends did something that set her off. But you know what? She was letting everyone know she was tipped off. For all the drama queens and drama kings in the congregation today, you have a serious problem. No, this is serious. And that problem needs to be dealt with. And parents, if your children have these issues, you need to deal with them. You see, there's some reasons why people turn into drama kings and drama queens. A lot is because childish behavior is allowed. Now, we're going to get some sound doctrinal teaching right now from Andy Griffith <laughs> and Opie. Nice and loud so everyone can hear. I just don't understand it, Paul. What? None of the other guys work for their allowance. I thought we had this all thrashed out before. We did. Why bring it up again? Cause. Cause why? Just cause. Son, that causing can go on and on if you give it its head. Now, what's this all about? I just don't want to work for my allowance. Opie, I'm very busy right now. Like I say, we've been through all that before. I still don't want to work for my allowance. Fine. You don't have to. Oh, boy! No work, no allowance. That's not fair! Don't raise your voice to me. Now, you get on out of here. I got things to do. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Opie, I asked you what you're doing. I was holding my breath. Good, Good lung exercise. <laughs> Opie, what are you doing now? I'm crying and I can't stop. Shame. Don't get your clothes all dirty. I love the Andy Griffith show. 
The Bible says, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That word nurture means discipline. You don't allow that kind of behavior to exist in your families. Drama kings, drama queens are just children that have never grown up. You know, if you want to raise one of those kinds of kids, I guess that's up to you, but you've got to deal with them. But I jotted down some things here that I'll, I'll almost guarantee you that if you do these things, you're going to raise a drama queen and a drama king. Never spank your child. Make sure you give in to their whining. Give them whatever they want. Make lots of idle threats. Threaten them at least three or four times before you make them obey. Yell and scream a lot at them, but don't follow through on your discipline. Be inconsistent in your discipline. Pamper them. Be their friend and not their parent. Always stick up for them, especially authorities. Blame others for their misbehavior. Let them manipulate you to get whatever they want. Let them throw temper tantrums and then give in to their demands. Don't hold them accountable for their actions. Don't teach them personal responsibility. Don't ever make them pay restitution. Don't ever make them pay for things that they have broken. Don't make them work for what they want. Just give them everything that they ask for. Don't teach them the value of hard work. Don't ever make them do chores. Don't make them clean up after themselves. Don't make them apply themselves at school. Make sure they dress in the latest styles. Let them dress immodestly. Make sure they have a cell phone, a computer, a TV, and a stereo. Allow them unlimited access to the internet. Allow them to be on social media. Allow them to listen to whatever music they want. Don't oversee what they watch on TV. Let them watch whatever DVDs they want to watch. Let them play lots of video games. Don't ever censor their reading material. Let them go to movies. Let them go to dances. Let them hang out with unsaved friends and carnal friends. Teach them that social drinking is okay by your own personal example. Never read their emails. Let them correspond with their friends on Facebook. Make sure they get a humanistic education. Allow them exposure to the occult. Excuse and support their disobedience to God. Allow them to go to sleepovers. Encourage them to date around. Allow them to choose to go to church or not. Don't make them have their personal devotions. Don't talk about spiritual things with them. Don't make an effort to disciple them in the Lord. Don't give them instruction from the Word of God. Don't instill biblical convictions in them. Let them have a materialistic view of life. Make sure, make sure you criticize your pastor, his teachings, his convictions, and his standards in front of them. Don't attend church faithfully. Don't be involved in your local church. Don't attend special meetings such as Bible conferences and mission conferences and revival meetings and seminars, etc. Gossip about your brothers and sisters in Christ. Criticize those who have biblical convictions. Don't allow your children to be involved in the youth group. Let them control your life and live hypocritically. I'll guarantee you. I'll guarantee you. You're going to raise 
a drama king and a drama queen. Woe unto a family that raises children like this. So drama kings and drama queens can be produced by poor parenting. Second thing I want to talk about, and I'll be done, is the main sin behind the drama is pride. We've already touched on that. The pride of life runs deeply. The Bible said we ought not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, that we ought to be clothed in humility. Solomon said before honor comes what? Humility. We need to teach our young people how to be humble. Amen? And we need to teach them by our own personal example. There are so many ways that drama starts in a family, in a school, in a church. Hasn't God been good to protect our church? He has. But there's just there's gossip and slander and evil reports and bitterness and malice and arguments and strife and anger and wrath. None of this is to be a part of Christianity. So I say to you today, church, let's stop the drama. And you know, you know why God hates it is because of the division that it causes in relationships. The division that it caused in families, at work, but especially in Christ's church. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. I close with this. Many of us wear the Christian name tag. But we're not living out the Christian virtue in our lives. Church, it's got to stop. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.